guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and thanks for joining us for this episode of Amateur Altours. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Altours Pod, or you can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at the Amateur Altours Podcast at gmail.com. It'd also mean a lot to everyone on the, sh- on the show if you could leave a rating, like, review on whatever platform the show you listen uh, to the show on. Uh, but with that, uh, I have Jake Thomas back with me. Jake, how you doing? Mike, I'm doing great. I, I've missed you. We haven't done one of these in a while, so I'm uh, I'm glad to be getting the ball rolling again. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I had a really good time watching rewatching this movie the other day. Like, not to really, you know, I'm bulldozing right into it right now, but I just have to say that, like, I was giddy after watching this movie for two reasons. I had fun watching it, and I was like, oh, now I get to talk about it with Mike. This is great. Yeah, and that in that movie, we're continuing our MCU. Uh, universe, expanded universe, uh, cinematic universe in chronological order. And w- up next with Thor. Now, this was, uh, I know at the end of Iron Man 2, we had, I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was on uh, on air or off air, but we definitely had a conversation of, oh, what comes next? Do we want to watch The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton, or do we want to watch Thor? And I think we both unanimously said Thor. Thor, uh, yeah. Just Cause... from what I know about it, and but you being the MCU person, you, you, you suggested Thor and I wholeheartedly agreed. Yes. It, it, and every timeline, or I'd say the vast majority of timelines that I looked at had um, the events of Thor taking place before Hulk anyway. Um, but there was a few dissenters, I guess, that were like, no, Hulk happens before Thor. So, and I mean, really in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't matter. It's not like you're putting the events of Iron Man before Captain America, who would be crazy enough to do that. But, um, but no, yes, we, Thor was, uh, Thor was next on our docket. And I, I think we made the right move definitely doing that, especially because we, we haven't done this in a little while now. So it's a, a good one to jump back in on rather than the canon, but it doesn't feel like canon Ed Norton Hulk movie. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And a lot of these, all these superheroes, like, again, just some, like, meta knowledge going into it. Like, I've seen the memes through the years, and we'll talk about the memes a little bit later in this journey, but, like, I I, I know the, like, uh, like, in this movie, for example, when Thor drinks coffee, he's like, I, I, I demand more, and just throws the coffee cup on the ground. <laughs> like, I knew that going into the movie. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth um, he's very, I don't really know much of him outside of thor no I think, yeah wasn't he in the ghostbusters remake or he was the, in the uh, Ghostbusters remake. remake but that was well after everything that happened with thor I, you know i'm not going to go out and say thor was his springboard into you know major stardom but to be honest, and you know i didn't really know much of you know actors and actresses but during 2011 when this movie came out but I can't really think of anything else huge that he's done. You know, since then he's done, you know, Men in Black. Um, like you just said, Ghostbusters, and there's been some other big things. But, uh, I mean, I might be wrong, but I feel like this is this was his, you know, first Grand Slam. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know him really more outside of this. Uh, I know his brother a little bit like Liam a little bit a little bit better but he I think he was in like the those divergent movies or something uh I know he was in like that Moby Dick whale uh type movie I don't know that I'm pretty sure that was Chris 
Was it? I, oh, whew, I don't. I, I, I get the two of them confused a lot. Um, and one I'm, of them dated Miley Cyrus. I'm pretty sure one that was Liam. Didn't. Yeah, that was Liam. But um, <laughs> that's how I tell them apart. Well, and nowadays, of course, one's Thor and one's not, not Thor. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going into this movie, like this was definitely one of those characters that I was really intrigued about, especially with the meta knowledge of where Thor is at in at, ironically at the end of the uh of his journey in endgame like i know a little bit more about like fat thor i've seen those memes but i'm very curious like what like what got me interested in thor was his like the where he was at in endgame and that i think was what was really interesting and 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 I, I'm really interested in seeing the evolution of these characters through this journey, and I, that's, I think that's why I appreciate seeing these in chronological order, so I can witness that, uh, that, that uh, what's the, the uh, evolution in a more, I guess, like, uh, chrono chronological narrative order, but, um, but yeah, so I just was going in, like, I mean, I don't say high hopes. I was just curious. I didn't really know what to expect from this movie. And I'm with you, Jake. This movie was definitely like a, a breath of fresh air, like coming back into this. I know our last few movies, specifically Iron Man 2, and uh, which was fine in itself, but definitely Captain Marvel. Like those, I I was like, eh, okay. Like we started so high with, <laughs> we, we started very high well, with yeah, we um, started Iron high Man on and, then cat, and then like the first Cap. And then we dipped way low, in my opinion, with Captain Marvel. And then we brought it back up a little, we, we salvaged it a little bit more with Iron Man 2. But I, and then we took our little, a little break and now we're back with Thor. And yeah, I definitely really enjoyed this. And it's also nice because, you know, the last, bit that we talked about with like the end of uh of iron man 2 was seeing thor's hammer which i want to say right now like there's a lot of like nordic names pronunciations and enunciations and i am awful so <laughs> i'm going to do my best but i'm gonna butcher a lot of this i'll do what i can to give you a hand but uh yeah some of it gets uh gobbled up or messed up for me as well garbled whatever the word is yeah but uh but yeah so jake before we get in um now we've already talked you you already said you don't really remember the first time you saw this movie i don't know if it was on air or off but i want to ask you more of like what does thor mean to you as a character uh, no, that that's actually a really fun question because I, I'm trying to look at it through two lenses now. And you kind of alluded to this before with the sense that you know kind of just from being a human being in the 21st century in an internet culture, you know where Thor ends up. And I obviously, of course, know where Thor ends up as well. I just have more of a knowledge of how that happened. So it, it's actually really fun for me. And, and I think part of my appeal to this movie now is knowing where Thor ends up and then getting to jump back again and see where he started all over again through a fresh set of eyes and with a different perspective. That was a really fun thing for me to do to see, you know, like a toddler taking their first steps, except it's a giant, jacked, handsome toddler. Um, in Thor, 
to then I know where he's going to be down the line. And yeah, I don't really remember the first time I saw this movie. I know this is like my third or fourth time seeing this movie. My first time, like I I know I remember going to the movie theater for the first Iron Man, uh, maybe Captain America. I don't know about that. No, I saw that one with my parents on, you know, in their living room. I remember a lot of my first times with um, a lot of these movies. Thor just doesn't stick out for some reason. And I can't tell you why. Um, I, I think towards the beginning, I didn't have as much of an appreciation for him as I do now. And that's probably why. At the time, it probably felt like, oh, if I want to be up to date on you know what's going on in this universe, I need to see this movie. And I probably more so did it out of necessity rather than just for the sheer enjoyment of it. And I kind of look back on that younger Jake and I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? This character's great. Like, get on board with this. Yeah, I, yeah, Thor, and like I mentioned earlier, like, I think one reason why I really enjoyed this movie is just like the Greek mythos, or maybe Nordic mythos is a better uh, way to describe this. Um, because like I, I dig that that kind of that kind of stuff, and especially the way this is presented, like and, and this also, this seems to be the first time that they're starting to introduce that like this is like outside of Earth. This is not yes. like um, I forget what the term is where like Earth is the center of the universe. Like this ex- this like these stories extend way beyond what we think is like i guess like important like this goes like into different universes and realms or maybe maybe not so much realms but like how they describe how they describe realms in this world i think it's just vernacular but you know the point is that they they, we're starting to see like literally an expanded universe a literal universe here right and And that's an interesting take because you could have two ways of seeing that. If you're watching these movies in chronological order, you get your first taste of that through Captain Marvel. But if you're watching them in release order, then Thor really is the first time everyone's eyes were open to this. We got the glimpse of it in Captain America when, you know, the Tesseract. Um, And that was it. There wasn't really much more out there if you're going in release order. And actually, was this before or after Captain America release order-wise? that i don't know off the top of my head um are you saying wait are you saying uh are you asking when did thor come out in relation to the first the avenger first avenger i yeah, think um, this came out after after okay i think so but but it needless to say the the thing that this movie did was if you're watching it starting in 2008 and you're watching them all the way through, you don't get, you already know that there's this big galactic universe by the time you get Captain Marvel in what, 2019? Back in 2011, this was your first real taste of that. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to say about how we're like kind of expanding the universe, like, so since we're watching this, like hindsight 2020, like the, the, the whole, at least like whatever phase whatever era we want to consider these movies to be in is over and we can watch them in chronological order. I want to say like the introduction to the universe here is way better than Captain Marvel. Now I understand that like what we talked about in that movie, it kind of has the assumption that you've already seen everything else, Mm. but even here, 
you know, they don't really go into like, they're not like setting exposition and explaining things. Why I think this universe works is because it's, it's, um, it's, it's so it's confined, if that makes sense. And that like the conflict earth honestly has no contribution to the overall conflict, which I think works because in captain Marvel becomes super convoluted when it's like, Oh, well, these are the shapeshifters. They're the bad guys. They're trying to take out like the narrative is they're going to take over your planet. Oh, actually they're the good guys. And they're, and they are just like refugees. It's actually you people that are bad and you want to take over their planet. Like it just gets so muddled and confused and like it's very clearly trying to force some agenda in there and like maybe maybe some commentary about like something but it just felt so confusing in there where it's like oh like now like they came to earth to do this thing and they and now they're coming back to steal it like fucking what we're here (laughs) it's literally just between uh you know I guess as guardians and like guardians yeah yeah and the um the, I don't even remember what they're called. Like the ice people. Um, oh, the frost giants. The, yeah, the, frost the, the OG giant. White Walkers. Even but, though yes, which we will get to. Technically, um, yeah. I, I wrote. I had to Google both of those to see. Wait, what came out when and who ripped off who <laughs> and like. Oh, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it, because it's like the the conflict is between these two separate cultures, these two separate planets, and Earth is just like sort of in the mix this randomly you know um and and i really like that idea even when uh, like the the giants or the frost giants they don't even come to earth which is a very i think smart and important decision here um because you know they could have they could have easily just brought the conflict to earth and just for convenience sakes and had everything there because we're familiar but they mm-hmm. chose to uh, use essentially use Earth as like the, like a version of Australia in that <laughs> Thor gets banished to just like this nothing wasteland and and I and I'm sure there's something there there's some allusions to some Nordic or definitely Greek mythology and just like the the archetype of like the banished hero or something like there has to be something there and I'm just not well versed enough to know it or maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I definitely, the the long, or like the short version of of this long tangent is that I'm definitely going with Thor's introduction to the universe rather than Captain Marvel, because I feel like Captain Marvel was was super convoluted in so many different aspects, whereas Thor just keeps the conflict super simple, like, and I mean, there's some like gray area, but it's just, you know, Earth, like, fuck Earth. Earth is just, like, a planet that is a setting. But the real conflict is way out here in the cosmos. So I, I really do dig that. Yes. Yeah, and I think it, you know, going off of what you said, I think it does a really good job of being what it's supposed to be. It's a superhero origin movie. And, you know, it doesn't you reach too far out. It doesn't do anything that it's not supposed to do or try to be bigger than it is. It comes in to set some things up, explain to you who's Thor, what his motivations are, you know, why we need to care about him. And then it, you know, wraps it up at the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think very intelligently, it it, it, it wants me wanting more, the end of this movie. Um, and I'm, and like, it makes me want to return to what I think Dark Fate is the next movie. Is that what it's called? 
uh, oh gosh, what's it? Uh, Thor: The Dark World. Oh, Dark Dark Fate is fucking Terminator, but um, <laughs> the newest iteration of Terminator. But uh, but yeah, I think we should uh get more uh into this movie. So I kind of want to skip like the very beginning with like Natalie Portman and uh all that stuff because it's just like a, a clincher for the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we'll, and we'll revisit it, but let's get right into the um like kind of the backstory of like this of this universe with with Odin which I didn't realize Anthony Hopkins was in this movie um because I was like oh that voice sounds very familiar and then I was like is that Anthony Hopkins and I've been I've been watching uh West the first rewatching the first season of Westworld so I'm like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Anthony Hopkins very very interesting but we get this we get everything set up with like the frost giants and uh well okay i i'm the, the the setup with the frost giants but essentially how how they relate back to earth and essentially it's just like creating these legends i guess and yes. that and, and it felt very lord of the ringsy if that makes sense yes like yes. like just like literally pure good versus pure evil and man is like kind of thrown in the mix somewhere but mm-hmm. uh i definitely really did like this beginning of just you know Odin going to and the Asgardians going to war with these frost giants on Earth, in that, and 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 we find out like the Asgard like Asgard or like the well and let me let me ask you this so are the Asgardians like the protectors of the of the universe essentially not the protectors of the universe they're like their own you know there's Earth there's Jotunheim there's you know the the realms and they they're kind of just in their own realm. But um, Odin is kind of wanting to conquest, but kind of not. Just wants to make sure everything's hunky-dory. And really, Thor ends up, even before so, you know, he's pulled straight from Norse mythology. So he became, it kind of became like his pet project to like look after Earth. Like, hey, you know, you could go screw around over there there but don't touch earth or i'm gonna beat the shit out of you with my hammer um so that's kind of where that came from in terms of greek mythology and then he you know he pops into earth every couple centuries sees how things are going and then dips out okay because i do have some questions about like motivations behind things but um but yeah we get like some like clashing of of the armies and uh i thought uh, well, and so the the frost giants are defeated, and I thought that they stole—or not stole—they they took another uh, like a, a version of the tesseract, which we find out is called the casket, uh, the casket of the ancient casket winters. of ancient winters. Yes, and this was—I think I alluded to this before. One of our our friends texted me and was like, "Wait, there's a plot inconsistency based on the tesseract going from." you know, Iron Man to Captain Marvel, blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. And I'm like, well, if you think that the casket of ancient winters is the Tesseract, then yes, there's a major plot inconsistency, but they're two different things. They just both are shiny blue cubes at the end of the day. But it it is, it, it's, it, it, they shouldn't have made it like purple or something. Like it, it looks too much like the Tesseract. Yeah, because I, at first I was like, oh, is this like, the tesseract's like big brother essentially like if like the tesseract is um like a uh, like a regular old bomb is this like the atom bomb essentially like if that analogy makes sense like is this like the bigger badder tesseract 
but um uh so yeah we get that whole thing uh it's kind of set it's just setting up the this like everlasting conflict between the frost giants and the asgarians and then we get introduced to uh child loki and child thor and here you know it's 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 very telling when you have like the first image images you see of your characters it, it doesn't matter like if it's like the actor playing them or if they're as kids or something like that it's it's very it this is like your the audience's first interaction with the characters so what do we get from here we get that thor is a very outgoing boastful child who even at this young age is like looking for a fight yeah. and and loki is kind of, I, I took loki as kind of like the quiet more timid uh like looking back like uses use it like uh uses wisdom and speech over brawn you know like kind of that that uh that the balancing factor to uh to thor and i definitely really like these introductions and and seeing um odin try and uh it, it be this mentor figure and father figure to these kids yes it, it was um and i think you hit the nail on the head cuz even for me you know, I don't know how much you know about Loki and his journey through this movie and so on and so forth. But um, it, it was interesting to see, because again, for me, I, I don't remember much about this movie or I didn't remember much about this movie until I rewatched it. So seeing that, how they set things up and then knowing where they go was a was a fun experiment, basically, because... Loki does a good job as a kid of, you know, playing exactly into what you think he is, you know, the smart, wise one where Thor's, you know, the one running headfirst into something, thinking with his, you know, figuring things out with his fists rather than his head, whereas Loki is, as you said, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, we get, like, a jump cut to essentially maybe however many years, maybe, like, 20 years in the future where, Thor is going to ascend to the throne. It's like his big uh, ceremony. Everyone's watching and he's like showboating. He's picking. So how do you pronounce the name of this hammer? Mjolnir. Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I'm going to say yeah. Thor's hammer from now Thor's on. Thor's hammer. But um, <laughs> so he, but I was just, because even at some points I felt like the character of Darcy where she was just like, uh, what? Well, how do you say that? Mjolnir? Like, I felt like, I feel like that. Like, that is me. I'm so white. But, um, but anyway, so he's going, he's like showboating. He's, he's throwing the hammer up. He, he literally throwing the hammer, flipping it and catching it. And just like, yeah, he, it's just, just being the ultimate showman here. And, and can I just, to, to you, cause to me, something I, and I guess it's just the makeup and hair and costume department, or not costume, I can't really blame them, but, like, just something about this Chris Hemsworth, like, OG Thor look is off. I don't know if it's the eyebrows are too blonde that they seem non-existent. Like, he just, like, in later movies, it seems like he, he gets, like, some hair dye or something because he just looks off here to me. And, and throughout this whole movie, something about his appearance is weird and it's it's almost like they tried too hard to make him this blonde i don't know if anyone if that bothers anyone else but like thor from this movie compared to even like avengers thor it's like where what what's going on why did they look so 
different, but not different. I, I don't get it. It, it. Did this jump out to you at all too? Or? Uh, not really. I think, I think more, I, I think definitely he was blonde, but he was like, th- like, as in they, like he's an artificial blonde. Like they did something to make him look as Aryan as possible. Um, like, but he like, it, and it makes, it fits the character. Like this right. is like the Norwegian, like, uh, uh viking god like they're gonna make him look like he's as uh as as uh nordic as possible you know the bright blue eyes and the and like the bleach blonde hair uh i think more i think his it's more like the suits of armor because i know i think and i and it makes sense because he's a god like all this shit has to look as shiny as possible but i don't really like the 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 sheen of everything i kind of like the more dirtier grimier looks that we get in later films but that's like that's a nitpick for me but um and well and that's the thing about like i want to say about the cgi of this movie and and i i think i'm just going to keep saying this throughout this whole duration but i really like this is these are probably my favorite visuals uh of of the movies that we've seen so far even surpassing um captain marvel which of the few, really of the few positive things I had to say about Captain Marvel, I think that I loved just even maybe just the aesthetics of this city. I think mostly because it leaves so much to the imagination. Whereas in um, in Captain Marvel, I don't even remember Cree or, or what whatever they are, whatever city we see. Yeah. It, it you, you know, you see, like, the day-to-day, you see, you know, you see people living there, you see, like, interiors of buildings, you see exteriors of buildings, you see their subways, you see their rooms, like, it, to me, like, that could be, some people like that for world building, but with, uh, with Asgard, I really like how you just see, like, the city skyline, you see the bridge, and you see inside of the temple, or, uh, like, the kingdom, like right. the main uh, palace, and that's it. And it and it leaves, and you don't get you don't get close ups of any of the citizens. You don't get any of that shit. Uh, I th- or I don't want to say shit, but it's it's just like that's just fluff for me. And I just I, I I also like how it's just like sitting on like a cloud in the universe. You know? Yeah, it, that that is a very nice visual. I will definitely agree with you there. And it it's just it just seems like. It, it almost kind of seems like, oh, this is what, like, heaven is, but that, but it's not, you know, they still, like, you know, Val, Valhalla and all that stuff, you know, they, which I think is interesting that, you know, they're in this, like, almost uh, sublime looking paradise, and they're just still talking about, oh, well, you're, you know, you dream of Valhalla and, like, hunting in the hills and, you know, eating as much as you want in Valhalla, and I'm like, holy shit, there's a place that is better than this? Um <laughs> So, like, amongst these, like, Nordic gods and They're in our heaven, and they have their own heaven past that. Yeah, so, like, it's, like, our heaven is second rate to theirs. So, uh, yeah, I just really dug, like, the aesthetics of this whole thing. And and that, and I think that goes into the direction is by uh, Kenneth uh, Braun, or Brana. I'm not very, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he is a, a like i mean i i think most people know him for um his his acting um he was was it him uh i don't think no i don't think it was him never mind um but i mean he's been in in a lot of different things i was about to say oh i think he was the captain titanic and then i was like then i thought about it said no that is not <laughs> him but um but he you know he's directed 
uh, I was telling you, you know, the most recent iteration of Murder on the Orient Express, Hamlet is a big thing, because that was such this grand scope that he brought to Hamlet, as well as Henry V, like, all these different movies, like, he, he has such a wide gambit of films that when I saw him, like, wait, he directed this movie? Okay. Um, and I think his direction is probably one of the reasons why I'm enjoying this movie so much. Like, it just feels, like, slightly elevated then. <laughs> and, I mean, as much as I love Favreau, like, I, uh, Thor and Iron Man feel like completely different movies. And, and uh, this is going to go on as the movies go on, like, with different directors. And, like, you look at the Harry Potter movies. Like, each film just feels different. I mean, outside, I think Chris Columbus directed the first two, but then you get to, you know, the third one is vastly different. And then the fourth one, which is even more different than the fifth and sixth and seventh. And it, and I think that attributes to all the, uh, the different directors they had, like all the directors are just putting their own uh, spin on the source material and the, uh, and the narrative. But I definitely feel like this, th this, style of direction just feels way uh more it feels more natural for me uh the humor works way more in this and maybe that's just like the writing maybe, I don't I don't know I don't know the intricate details of them going into this movie but I I definitely am digging this a lot more I think it's also also the pacing too for for the most part I think everything you know seemed to fit it didn't feel like anything was rushed anything was too stretched it all seemed to hit the mark when it was supposed to in my opinion whereas we we had this discussion with oh it was one of the iron mans i'm, I'm probably thinking it was iron man too it was like wait well all of a sudden in that kind of deal um I, I could poke one hole in that here um and i'll get to it later but but for the most part i think it was all on it felt all on beat with the exception of one thing that I was, uh, I was thinking of and, and it relates to Jane Foster, but kind of when we get farther into the movie, we could dive into that a little bit more and I'll bring up my, probably the one gripe I have with this movie and that's about it. Okay. So, uh, going back, like Thor's, like, uh, his ceremony is cut short by the frost giants infiltrating and trying to seize back their own like the casket of ancient winters like their own relic and they are disposed of pretty i mean well they take out the guards but then this like iron giant comes out and, dis and dispatches the them that's mm -hmm. the destroyer that's what okay <laughs> yeah and, i mean I it's was, I appropriately named he fucking destroys <laughs> them pretty easily Yes, and it actually, I don't know if this jumped out to you too, but the Destroyer reminded me of the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still and how we had, like, the giant robot Gort and, and it just, like, this omnificent um, figure that just stands there with, like, this laser beam, one eye, and it's all metal, and then it does its job, and then it freezes, and that's it. Um, it, it was just a fun parallel that I... Uh, I had thought of, I was like, oh, it's kind of like the day the earth stood still, but that was, that was the extent of that. And I'm sure they're, there's, they're definitely like making some allusion to that, but, and, and here it, it kind of sets the plot in motion in that it's like, well, how'd they get in? And, and, you know, Thor is the hothead saying like, we got to go, you know, send a message. They still have to fear us. 
and and his you know Odin saying no, we shouldn't do this. You don't want to spark another war. And it and I love in the at the next moment where Loki is a set like he's staying quiet throughout all this, but then he and Thor sit down, and Loki essentially says like, oh, I agree with you. You know, I, I we should teach them a lesson. And then the moment Thor like he almost plants he, the idea yeah, in Thor's he head. Him into it, but basically. then the moment Thor is like, all right, he's like, what? And Loki says, no, 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 actually don't do that. But it's all like, it's kind of like Willy Wonka, just like, no, please stop, come back. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, it's, it's like, oh, oh, you had this brilliant idea. Well, you're gonna, you're so thick headed, you're gonna do whatever you want. You know, it's like, who, who could have saw this coming? Um, so they, he gets his, uh, his posse together and they travel over to uh, the Frost Giants' world. And I, and I love, like, the interactions that they have. Just like, oh, what are you doing here? Um, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really remember much of, like, the conversation that they have. But it's like, Thor, we got to get out of here. We're outnumbered. And Thor turns to leave. And he says something like, says, oh, go, like, you walk boy. away, little princess or something like that. And Loki's immediately like, oh, damn it. And Thor just starts swinging the hammer. Yeah, when he when he's like, "I'll oh, go home, you little princess," and Thor just st- stops. And Loki again, it's kind of like that indifferent, damn. But it's <laughs> but he but he's not like, "Oh fuck!" It's more just like, "Wait, no, stop, damn it, no, don't say that." You know, like it seems very like, "Oh, this is all part of the plan. Like this is all mm-hmm. on purpose." And Thor just laughs and just throws the fucking hammer right at him and takes his head, knocks his head clean off. And then we get like this really intricate uh, fight scene where, you know, and I love how they're all warriors and like, you know, Thor's laughing. Um, the others are all yeah, this more is, or less smart. Like they're having for him. Yeah, they're all like kind of having fun with it. I mean, they're not like throw, throwing jokes at one another. Thor is like having like the time of his life, but it's very electric action and 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 you know you can actually see what's going on um but here's the one thing that i did start noticing here was all these damn uh dutch angles that are in this movie you know like yeah. it's like big time takes over in like the action sequence here and and it makes sense at this point but once we get more into like earth and less like everyday conversation uh and like exposition like there's a lot of Dutch angles here and it's kind of distracting. Now I was watching this on my phone. So I didn't notice half the Dutch angles anyway, because like the phone, like I was, re- I was the way I was resting it. Uh, if anything, the Dutch angle just like flattened the screen for me, but I was like, <laughs> wait, you out. yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Why are like, why are there Dutch angles here? Like that, that's, I mean, not saying it's the improper use of a Dutch angle, but it's just as like an almost an excess even in like dialogue scenes that there's no like tension, there's a Dutch angle or like establishing shots with Dutch angles. Like, wait, what the hell? What is this doing here? But we'll get to more of the Dutch angles later. And yeah, I wanted to jump into, just because I mentioned it before and I don't want it to slip away. um, It's basically like White Walkers, just giant White Walkers. Oh, yeah. And and I did a little bit of a dive to figure that out because I'm like, well, what came out first? Because I, I wrote, I made a note here. I was like, oh, it's the OG White Walkers. And then it got me thinking, well, when did Thrones premiere versus when did this movie premiere? And, um, or when did, yeah, Thrones premiere versus when did this movie come out? This movie came out um, May 2nd, 2011. 
Thrones premiered like three weeks before that on April 17th, 2011. So like within a month, these two like massive things (laughs) used like a same copy and paste bad guy almost, it seemed like. And of course there's differences in everything, but it was just funny that like, it it reminds me of that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. That's what it feels like. Well, wait, like what, what are you doing? No, what are you doing that they just have like these same similar bad guys? Well, it's even just like the skin tone. Like they have like the markings on their, on their on their heads like it's they even well i don't the white walkers don't talk but like they have like i mean white walkers have blue eyes but these guys have like bright red like hell hellfire colored eyes so it's like very very similar they have they have uh they can manipulate ice which i think is appropriate this being like uh a take on uh nordic uh uh, like gods and stuff so i thought that was appropriate but yeah it's the the, the similarities are uncanny and it's, it's, yeah it, in just that small time frame that it all happened yeah exactly and and the, and yeah game of thrones wouldn't even start expanding on like the white walkers and who they are until like a little bit later into the show maybe like season two which again which would take place like or would start filming and and all that, like maybe like two years after the movie came out, you know? So yeah, no, that's a very, it's very interesting to see like, Oh, who did it first? You know? Cause it's, that's too big of a coincidence that the, like that these very similar looking characters with very similar powers and stuff came out at more or less. Basically the same time. time. Yeah. I, I just, as I saw it, I was like, I can't pass up on that. And, and just another funny thing that got to me a little bit and I don't know how it fits into the context of anything, but we're talking about Lady Sith, and she's like this badass female warrior, which is awesome. But they still have her in heels. Like, she's walking around going into combat in heels. And, and it kind of reminds me of what you were saying uh, when we were doing one of the Iron Mans, and you're like, oh, Pepper Potts with the, how did you describe it, with, like, the pretty run? Yeah, how, the, the, the vain running, pretty run. But, yeah, not running. And, like, Lady Sith is... I mean, she's kicked ass, so I'm not going to say the heels didn't hold her back, but it's still like she's this badass warrior, but she's wearing heels. Like, wh- why? Well, doesn't uh, Scarlet Widow, doesn't she have, isn't part of her outfit heels as well? Uh, Black Widow, oh, Scarlet Black Widow, Johansson, yeah. Oh, yes, the Scarlet Widow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the moment I said it, I was like, this is probably wrong, but I'm just going to go like hedge my bets and just assume it's right. Um, yeah, Black Widow. Um, does she, doesn't she have heels as part of her thing? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't think so. I think in most situations, she's in like a combat boot type deal. Uh, I think comic book wise, like she was drawn in heels and things like that. But I mean, at the time, you know, she was kind of more, I mean, well, she she kicked butt. I'm not going to take anything away from her. And she, you know, her origin story and all that is amazing. But she was also to some extent, like, eye candy in you know those yeah. comic books yeah exactly so uh we also met forgot to mention like the gatekeeper character played by oh, idris, idris elba. elba yeah like holy shit i didn't think he was in this movie but then Jeez. i'm looking at the the uh the cover art and he's like fourth build in the movie <laughs> like he, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at like the thor poster and it's you know chris, uh, chris hemsworth in the beginning or like just in his pose and a super, and he landed like a superhero as Deadpool would say. And then Natalie <laughs> Terrible Portman. Terrible on the knees. 
Yeah, uh, Tom uh, Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Uh, Who, funny yeah. enough, he was like really gunning for the role of Thor. Like they, they when they were doing the auditions, like Hiddleston who ended up playing Loki. Uh, just for people who don't know the actors' names and everything, uh, Hiddleston was like in the short list of people to be Thor. But at the end of the day, we obviously can see that Hemsworth beat him out. But yeah, Hiddleston got like ripped and was like in the rain with long blonde hair, like swinging Mjolnir around for like his test footage. And it's 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 actually interesting and funny to see now, knowing the journeys that both of these characters take, and then going all the way back to the beginning and seeing them or seeing Loki at least in like this role reversal. Uh, if you ever have time, I would definitely recommend looking up that uh, Hiddleston test footage. Yeah, I definitely will. And I and well, the thing about Idris Elba, real quick, like I think he plays this support character exactly how he how he needs to play it i think he's perfect in this um but i thought i could have swore he was in black panther but i haven't seen black panther um i i'd say that because i feel like black panther is going to have every influential like big uh like african-american black actor actress in that movie um but i don't know so we'll get there when we get there but um but yeah with tom hiddleston i think he's perfect as loki like he is, I think he is a far better actor than Chris Hemsworth, Agreed. but he, and that's exactly why he needs to play Loki. He needs to play the, the, the quote unquote villain or like, cause you know, let's just say the roles were reversed. And in the moment when Loki finds out his true origins, like you need a good actor to play that part. And Hiddleston nails that that performance in that moment um i will we will return to loki especially at that scene but um but i just think hiddleston is perfect as loki and uh i i know very little of loki's like uh, evolution through these movies i just knew he was the bad guy and i know there's the scene of him in like the uh the glass prison and I know he's going to come back as a villain. And I think the Avengers, I, I, he's a villain in one, of, in one of the capacities. But I just remember seeing the visual of him in the glass prison, like in, um, uh, what is that, Skyfall with, uh, like, like, it's, or like, uh, kind of like very similar to like Silence of the Lambs, where it's just like this glass prison and he can't get to you, but you can talk through it. But, um, so they uh they get to this point like essentially they're trying to leave they can't leave because uh the gatekeeper doesn't want to bring anything back to their world and then odin comes back in and essentially saves the day and uh they go back to asgard and you know here uh just fast forwarding thor gets banished and i really do like this moment where it seems kind of brash but it's but they kind of have this this idea running that Odin does everything for this like grander purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and I really do like this moment where he, he banishes Thor takes his hammer and is like, essentially it's like, he gives him a lifeline. Yeah. Where he says Thor, like, uh, you know, Thor won't hold you. It's like only those who are, uh, or only those that are, uh, he who holds this hammer, he be, he so worthy shall possess the power of Thor or something to that effect. Yeah. Essentially just like, you know, it doesn't have to be Thor, but it's someone who's worthy and essentially saying like when Thor is ready, 
he can have like he can have he could be thor again yeah Yeah, and throws it down there which was interesting because i was like well how the hell is he gonna prove that he's thor uh which again like just had me invested in the whole thing and and then now we'll go back to earth when he gets kind of sucked back down natalie portman um Stellan Skarsgård of I think he's the father of the Skarsgård family and uh you know he's he's a well uh, acc- uh an actor with lots of accolades fantastic actor and the Skarsgård family's filled with phenomenal actors um for those of you who aren't aware you know I think of Bill Skarsgård mostly for you know his portrayal of Pennywise, but you you know all the scars guards are are very fen- are phenomenal actors, but and it makes sense because I'm pretty sure they're all Norwegian, so it makes sense that yeah. you know they cast at least one Norwegian in the role um, who would be familiar with the like these legends mythology and everything. Yep. Um, and so Natalie Portman, um, world's worst driver. Yeah. Oh my God. God. <laughs> And and what is so Darcy? We mentioned her. What what is that actress's name? Because I've seen. I have no idea. She's but I've she seen her. In, she's like um, the, the B in seventeen or something or two seventeen or something like some weird TV show. Yeah, she did um, something else where she worked in a coffee shop or something like that. It's like a, she a plays waitress. like a hipster character, like a very yeah. dry, deadpan type yep. of character. Um, she's very hot. Um, but um, so yeah, they're they're like essentially i got that they were doing some research with like the cosmos and and studying uh like electrical uh f- like current flows or some some weird shit like that like with astrophysics and uh they're they're essentially find this like opening and they're like oh what is this they drive straight into this and this is when the humor works a little bit more for me it doesn't feel as forced as i'm sure it's going to be forced in later movies but like they're driving towards this this uh this tornado and darcy's driving he says i'm not dying over six college credits yeah (laughs) and it's like yeah and then she takes it and then they just smack into thor and uh they get out (laughs) and darcy's like i think it's legally your fault that this happened or like something like that (laughs) and uh natalie portman comes down uh, neil stands like oh please like please don't be dead please don't be dead um and 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 then i get like and then he like turns around and darcy just goes does he need CPR? Because I know I know CPR like very much is like I want to put my lips onto his on mouth. His, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I and I really did like that moment. And then they like you know they take Thor uh, just because I mean he's just out in the middle of this like well maybe he has answers, and you know and then that's when we start to find out more about like a little bit more about Jane and all that. So what was what is it appropriate to bring up what you wanted to say about Jane or should we bring that up a little bit later? Um, we could bring that up in a little bit just cause we're, we're just kind of when they meet, uh, and no, yeah. But the only other thing I would say is, yeah, she sucks at driving. She's hit poor, like hit stuff like six, not six, but like a bunch of times in that movie. But no, I, I think we're on a good track right now. You know, we, we hit Thor, he falls out of the sky or is rather thrown out of the sky. Yeah. We go to uh, the hospital, which I think is, hospital, is a yeah. very like, very good comedic scene where he's just like, don't touch me. You like, I am Thor. And he's like pushing everyone around and, and they, like all the security guards are, are jumping on him. And he's like, Oh, I am Thor. I am the master of, and they just stick some, uh, a sedative in his ass. And he just like slumps against the glass. <laughs> um, I, I like that, like that all worked for me. Um, 
because it's just, it's again it's like fish out of water you know you have this yeah, big he, arrogant like pompous douche who just is like you can't do this to me and then they do exactly that to him um i i really did like those like like those moments and i thought it was interesting you know not being a psych nurse or like seeing like but in in school when we did psych rotations you know like you know, hearing, like, uh, we'd sit in, like, group therapy, and there'd be people, like, kind of saying, like, oh, yeah, sometimes I think I'm a superhero, and things like that, and it's, and it's funny when it's, like, well, you know, this is kind of the situation of, like, you know, this dude that we all are perceiving as, as crazy, and insane, and unstable, he's saying he's a superhero, but, oh, lo and behold, this dude is a superhero, um, he's actually, yeah, like, he's actually a great, like, it's, he and like the whole movie they're just like oh please i hope you're not insane you know like there there's always <laughs> that underlying like this dude's just insane it doesn't like he's just speaking nonsense um so uh and and again this is find out a little bit more um about this well again it's this is where the dutch angle starts to really come in where they're doing these establishing shots of like this small town which i definitely was thinking like wow this town is going to be destroyed by the end of this movie yep. Um, and you know, the farmers finding the, finding Thor's hammer. And I love the moment when they all are just like, they're all like drinking beer. They're all turn it into a redneck Olympics just to like see who could pick up the hammer. Yeah. And they're all pushing each other out of the way. So you could lift it up and all that. Yeah. Drinking buds and just like grilling sausages. And like at one point a dude gets his truck fucked up because they're trying to pull it out of there. And it's like, like shit, like this looks like a good time. I'd be doing that. They're all like trying to prove who's manly. Like people got picnic blankets turned up and that's what you would do in small town. I don't want to say America, but just like you're in the middle of a desert. What else are you going to do? Oh, there's a hammer that no one can pick up. Let's make a big event out of it, you know? See, yeah, see, yep. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, and, and that was also the moment when uh, – well, it's funny because at the end of uh, – at the end of Iron Man 2, you know, this is the closing uh, end credit sequence when, you know, it's not um, it, it's not uh, Coulson who finds it, but I don't think it was at the end of Iron Man 2, but, you know, you have, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent just like, oh, we found it. No, and yeah, then, like, it was the Coulson next... both times. Okay. Because Coulson, he was supposed to be under house arrest with Tony and that whole thing. And yeah, it's like, oh, we got to yeah. go to New Mexico. Right. Um, but I just love like this iterate, like this, this like natural infusion of comedy of just like, it's also establishing that just like, yeah, only Thor can pick up this hammer or even like move it, which I know that that comes up again later, yes. I, uh, which I'm very excited to see that moment. And I'll, yeah. And I actually, I'm very excited to talk about that moment because I've done a, a fair amount of research since then and I've got things to say about it. Yeah, just a little tease for that when that happens. I don't know when it happens, but Dude, I know we, it will happen. We're, it's a little while. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, I'm almost positive it's a ways away. But anyway, um, so uh, and, and here we're, we're kind of finding out about what Jane, her research is all about, what they're going, like what they're trying to do. Uh, she does, <laughs> she hits, uh, she hits Thor once again, but that's how <laughs> she gets him back. And, um, and yeah, and then, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back in and they, and they're like uh, taking her, her research and her data about like, is it, what is it? Like wormhole? Wormhole, yes. Yeah, she's basically researching wormholes and she thinks she's figured them out because of what Thor was thrown out of in space. Mm, okay. Uh, because that, that was one thing. I, I know that at some point they were just throwing a lot of like, uh, 
like jargon at out there just to make it seem like they know what they're talking about. I'm like, okay, like I, I space. That's what I'm yeah. understanding <laughs> is space. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I do like the moment when you know they're at the diner though, and Thor. It, like here is like oh there's this random hammer that no one can pick up and he knows like oh it's mine that's so mine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I gotta go, go get 50 it. miles west and um and like he strikes up a deal with uh with Jane saying you know if you help if if you get me there I'll get all your shit back and and I love like the infiltration of this uh this like impromptu base that they Shield built around base, yeah. and you know he infiltrates um. He gets in, he's like just dispatching dudes like crazy. And this is where we get our first introduction to Hawkeye. Yep, I, really, I have that written down with an exclamation point. I'm like, it, it's Clint Barton, it's Hawkeye. Well, even I was like, they're like, oh, we got to get someone high up there. And he's, you know, he's picking up a sniper. I was like, oh, fuck it, whatever, this, this sniper. And then he puts it down and picks up a, uh, like a hunting boat. I'm like, oh, shit, is this Hawkeye? I'm like, oh, okay. And, and uh, I totally forgot about that in this movie because I, I, um, I saw them I, I saw the uh obviously the sniper, the hunting bow pick up and I was like, do we get any more of Hawkeye or do we just get that little tease right there of, you know, so an eye in the sky to quickly, you know, subdue something if we need it. And then I didn't think it went anywhere else, or to the best of my memory, it didn't go anywhere else. So I was pleasantly surprised when we see him you know, in this cage attached to the crane and everything. I was like, oh, wow, we got a lot more Hawkeye in this movie than I thought. Well, it's definitely the definition of a tease because Hawkeye does absolutely nothing oh, yeah, he does in, this, shit. in this moment. If anything, it just feels like a cameo. It doesn't really mm-hmm. feel like a, oh, he's going to be set up for the next movies. We're in like Iron Man 2. You knew a Black Widow was um, played by Scarlett Johansson. You knew that she was going to be coming back. <laughs> Whereas here, it just felt like, kind of like a hey, oh, here's a hey, character. Yeah, Done. you know him, kind of. They never mentioned him by name, so it was just the iconography of like his bow and who he is. But you weren't necessarily like if you saw that and you were a fan of Marvel, I feel like you you would be like, oh, I that's Hawkeye. You hit the nail but on the but head you wouldn't be was, like, yeah. oh, is he gonna come back or like get his own stuff? Like you know, um, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, Avengers, you know. Um, in my opinion, no, I think you hit the nail on the head with that because yeah, I think you'd have to be like a pretty big fanboy fan girl to, to register that, um, you know, back in 2011. And then, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, oh, cool. Like a little tease, like Captain America's shield sitting on, um, Tony Stark's desk when we first saw it, like, oh, there's a nod to somebody like, here's a nod to somebody else. Is it going anywhere? (laughs) Heck if I know, but it was cool to see. Yeah, and so, and then we get this really, well, it's really interesting because, you know, Thor knows about the rain, and I'm not just, sure, I'm, I'm not sure if that's just, like, what the hammer does, and, it, like, he just, it draws storms to it, or whatever, uh, or, like, more, like, with the electrical currents, because, you know, he's the god of thunder, but he goes in, and, like, that moment when he realizes that he can't lift the hammer is such a great moment, because of just, like, the pain and anguish of just, like, there, here's a dude that has literally been given everything in his life. It, it, life for him has been e- like coasting on easy street. And now, you know, that symbol of power that he so desperately wants, he now can, he cannot hold. And I think that's like, that's a really humbling moment for him. And it's also heartbreaking. And even that moment in, um, 
Hawkeye has his bow trained on him. And he's like, oh, man, like, you better make a decision be quick because I'm starting to root for this guy. And just seeing that moment of just, you know, like the slow-mo and the rain and uh, and it's just like this realization of, oh, shit, like, I got to change, you know? Mm-hmm. And, he, yeah, even Coulson says it too, like, no, I want to see what happens. Yeah, we all want to see all, what yeah. happens. <laughs> like, we're all Coulson in that moment. Like, just like everyone's surrounding, but, like, let's see what happens when he picks up that. Um and so, and thank God for their sake that he wasn't able to pick it up in yeah, that moment. Yeah. 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 He would have fucked them all up, but, um, but, and yeah, cause his powers would have returned and he knew that. And I think that's another, that realization of, Oh my God, I'm going to like, a, you take God's power away from him. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm immortal. Like that, that kind of, that, that kind of realization is like so powerful for them. And so he gets detained uh, Loki visit. Well, before that happens, you know, we find out Loki's true uh, origins. Where yes, in that big battle that you know Thor incited by going to uh, you know the Frost Giants' homeworld, Jotunheim, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Loki is grabbed. You know, everyone was grabbed, or one of the uh, warriors three was grabbed by a uh, a frost giant and you know it gave him burns on his arm and then Loki's grabbed by a frost giant and it doesn't burn him it just turns him blue and that's kind of his first well what's wrong with me and then you know he brings this to Odin and is like what's happening what's going on and Odin finally tells him and Loki is rightfully so like so you never loved me you know and this whole thing spirals from there yeah, and I really like this moment. Like I was saying, like Tom Hiddleston like really sells this performance of just like like all like I, this was all part of some plan. Like I'm a pawn. It's all about Thor. You never loved me. And um Anthony Hopkins or Odin is like, no, it was never about that. Like I'm trying to give you a second chance. And I lo- and I just love like when he uh like just explodes of just like this cathartic anger. And then and then Odin faints, or I don't, he faints. I thought he died, but he went into like a deep the sleep. The Odin sleep, which the, is something that the Odin sleep? To, the, the Odin sleep. Yeah, it's something as, you know, the ruler of Asgard and someone as powerful as him, he has to go into the Odin sleep every, you know, so often, centuries, whatever it is, to basically recharge his batteries. Huh, okay. Because. At first, I thought it was just, like, a life support chamber, and they're just trying to keep him alive for however long. I didn't realize he, like, didn't die. But, um, and here's where I want to get after, because at first I was like, okay, this makes more, like, I think this is a more, um, more intelligent way to tell the story of, like, he's, like, Loki is not just, like, a jealous brother who is just trying to get the throne, because he thinks it's his. Um, I really like how... It, it, it adds like a whole nother layer to it. But I want to ask like, what is Loki's like motivation? Like, so we find out, Oh, there's like, how did the frost giants get in the beginning? Well, Loki let him in. Well, why did he let them in? Oh, well, he wants to sabotage Thor's uh, like opening ceremony essentially. But then like was getting banished, getting him banished. Was that all part of the plan? Like I, re- I really don't know. And then he, like and then he says to the frost giants like well you can have 
your um your casket of ancient winters back like we can fight like i I, i'm not really understanding what loki's motivation is here at this point and i think it 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 became like an evolving thing like loki had you know because he's a trickster he's a shyster like it, it started off as one thing but as he also learned you know more about himself and everything that's going on his plans evolved and it just something that was already tweaked inside of him tweaked even more and and he slowly or not slowly but he he kept going down this darker path um that kept getting darker and darker as he kept going because things just kept shifting into or shifting the wrong way for him and i thought it was interesting of like he finds out he's a frost giant like he's the king's son and he doesn't go to the frost giants and say well guess what motherfuckers like i'm actually like the rightful heir to the throne <laughs> i'm back <laughs> you know he doesn't pull that move he just said he strikes a deal with uh because d- didn't odin kill the, his father i believe um, so yeah and so then he, he just him. goes to the new guy and it's just like hey you can get like you can kill my father and i'll like and, you, and i'll give you your shit back and then you do your thing over here, and I'm going to take over Asgard, and it's Peach Akeem. Yeah, like, you know, we'll help each other out if, as long as – and, like, you kill my father. And I don't think he says dispatch of Thor, but, you know, no, because they never – the Frost Giants never go down there to Earth. But, yeah, I, I – yeah, I, and then, and then um, you know, at the, at the fast-forwarding, like, you know, Loki – double crosses them you know when the frost giants come in to kill um odin he kills them and that's more when like thor comes back but i was i and that may be i always thought that was like an evolution to the plan you know where it's like oh shit thor's coming back well let's just make sure like dad's still alive and because apparently he can dad's eyes now and everything yeah yeah but you know we're jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves so we get back to new mexico um and they bust Thor out. Well, they don't want to say bust. They essentially convince Shield, like, oh, he's uh, he's he's Donald Erickson or something. Like, uh, he's, he's the- yeah, actually, it's a funny. Um, that's actually a greater callback to the comic book universe. Uh, he's Doctor Donald Blake, which in, in this universe, it it was someone that Jane Foster dated, and it didn't work out, but. In comic book origins, basically, when o- Odin's pulled this move before, where he wants to teach Thor a lesson, so he sends him to Earth as like just a regular dude, and Thor needs to figure out, you know, humility and things like that. So, comic book origins, Thor has, or I'm sorry, Odin has sent Thor to Earth with his memory wiped as Doctor Donald Blake, who was a paraplegic or, or something to that effect and basically humble beyond thumb humbled thor and thor basically had to find his way back to his hammer and hmm. you know regain his uh his status basically and it's interesting because you know they give that um like that info and it's like falsified documents and then they just let thor go and like we'll follow them we'll see what happens um which just seemed like kind of random, but whatever. Um, so then, like, oh, like, don't like stay out of the bars. Like, oh, don't worry. Well, oh, where are we going? We're going to a bar. We're going to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and oh yeah, because, and so they uh, they go to a bar. They get smashed. Essentially, 
um, uh, well, I'm trying to remember what the uh, what the other guy's name was. Eric. Eric. Uh, Eric Selva. Selvik. Selvik. You're right. Wow, yeah, you he, got one over me. Yeah, I, I I won't I won't get Black Widow, but I'll get Eric <laughs> Selvik. Right. Um. So anyway, they go to the bar, and this is where he's kind of insinuating, like, just leave, don't come back. You know, forget Jane. Jane. He's 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 the father figure to Jane. Which and, this is where my problem comes in is. Jane's love and lust for Thor seems really rushed to me. And I get it's because, you know, well, A, you know, she's even said, and uh, Darcy's even said, like, he's an absolute dreamboat. Like, no one's going to take that away from him. And we had the, you know, typical, it's a Marvel movie because we had the uh, shirtless Chris standard Marvel scene earlier, and they all saw him shirtless. And I get to some extent, like, Thor is the embodiment of Jane Foster's life work. But like the fact that she's so into him so quickly is the one thing or one of the few things that I'm like, where was the pacing for this? This just feels like, bam, she wants him all of a sudden. Yeah. Especially since it happens after like a day, which like, it's kind of my one issue with movies like this, especially like movies is the key word. Because you're telling me that Thor was able to go from, like, a douchebag to, like, essentially what, like, the king of Asgard, like, that type of personality in a day and a half. Yeah, a couple, a couple, yeah, less than a week. Yeah, and you're like, you know. what? So, yeah, that's, like, the one thing that bothers me about this movie, and I see what you're saying. It just seems so, not forced, because these two have, like, great chemistry. Like, oh, that yes. moment when they're on the rooftop together and they're talking and, and Thor is explaining, like, the realms and all that stuff, which is also funny because they don't know that he's, like, not insane. So <laughs> when he's just like, oh, here's, like, you know, here's from, my, I'm from Asgard, and my father, Odin, and, and, and like, the Frost Giants, and, and like, you know, he, they're speaking shit like it's, like, Lord of the Rings, and he's, like, drawing on her maps, and it's like, oh, the, the um, oh, what did he say the Hubble space, uh, the Hubble telescope the Hubble. was? Yeah, the Hubble, like, you've yeah. seen pictures through your Hubble uh, telescope. Yeah, he's which like, it's, like, yeah, Hubble. Since we know, like, he is Thor, like, it's fine that he's explaining this, but, like, she is, you know, like, falling for this, like, potentially, like, mentally ill person that is Beautiful, homeless, delusional drifter. Yeah, you know, so it's like, okay, um, but I do love, like, his manners and stuff, like, like, the next morning, it's almost like, it's like, did they bang? I mean, they didn't, but like, he, it's like, you know, he's just like, he's making, di- making he's making breakfast, breakfast for serving everyone, people and, for the first time in his life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, thank you. It's like, you're very, you're, you're very welcome. Like, I'm like, oh, like that's, that's kind of funny. Like he's just like very over, like he's po- overly polite. And um, because like earlier, like when he's saying goodbye, you could kind of like um, before he's like, oh, I'm going to go walk 50 miles West uh, to get my, to get my hammer he takes Jane's hand and kisses her. And that was very like, uh, like not uh, chauvinistic. Isn't the right word, but just like womanizer, just like, yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Like goodbye. Tony Stark move almost. Yeah. Whereas like, not like, uh, like he was just trying to like woo her, but you know, we go from that to this, um, which it feels more genuine, which again, it's the, it should feel more genuine. Um, and then I, I love the next moment when his friends essentially are like, okay, like we're going to go and we're, we're going to go save Thor and bring him home. And, 
and um, Idris Elba characters is like, well, the king has told me that I can't do this. Are you gonna go get Thor? Yep. All right, sounds good. And he just walks. I was like, just where, where, walks where, away. Where are you going? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't send you guys there because it goes against my king. And then like, but he, but he already set it up. And I really love that moment when they are walking through the town and everyone's just like, what the hell? And then like, the, <laughs> is there a Renaissance fair going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, we got Robin Hood, uh, Lady Marion, and uh, I forget who else they said like on on the way up and. Um, and they just show up at the gate and they're like hey thor hey thor and they're like like, waving what's up yeah um i just i i just love that like that that honestly just like felt so earned like the humor just like it was is bizarre but it it worked where they're just like standing there like waving like little children um (laughs) it's like guys how how are you doing and um and it's like oh we're here to bring you home man uh but uh, it's like, oh, I can't go home. And this is when we find out when Loki actually lied and said, like, oh, like, the father's dead. Like, I, like, mom won't let you come home, essentially. And, um, and Loki sends down, um, what, what is it, the, the destroyer. destroyer? Yep. And, and yeah, we get this whole, uh, we, it's like, oh, shit, like, is there someone else that was supposed to come after you guys? Like, no. Um, it's like, I can't, like, I can't fight because I'm a mortal and I'll just get in your way, but we can help clear the town. And then they evacuate this entire town, um, which was so weird to me. Cause like, you know, uh, Eric goes in to the diners, like, all right, everyone leave, everyone get out the back. You can, you can eat later. And it's like, if I was sitting in the restaurant, I'd be like, who the fuck is this? Who's this guy? And why? Yeah. Why do I have to leave? Exactly. I, that might just be us in, you know, like the Northeast who are like, screw you. Like we're not listening. Whereas like, (laughs) this is more like Midwest South where everyone's just like a lot nicer and you know, knows everybody. Yeah. That's a good point because I I'd be the asshole be like, yeah, no, I'd be the guy that was like on the Titanic and be like, ah, not, not me, not me. And then the ship (laughs) goes down while I'm sleeping. Um, but, and I'd be the dude sitting in there eating fucking breakfast and then the, and then I get a face full of fire and I die. But, um, cause I didn't want to leave the store. I didn't want to leave the town cause I wanted to eat my breakfast. Um, but yeah, so they clear the whole town out. Um, and we just, you know, the destroyer comes in and just starts like fucking everything up. I love the moment when they throw like the big ginger like gimli looking guy it's like for asgard and then he just gets <laughs> and he gets demolished and thrown into a car like that stuff works for me yes. um and this is like a pretty intimidating force we're like how the hell are they gonna beat this um and um so yeah you know the, the fight goes on you know like stunts it's i like the scale of it where it's just it's just contained in like this main street of this town and then um thor is like all right everyone just get out of here like i got a plan and he walks up to essentially just sacrifice himself yeah talk to loki get him to you know you want me take me and then leave these people alone doing basically what odin cast him out or, or figuring out you know his humility and becoming humbled and all of that and you know he he's basically accomplished his goal of or odin's goal of sending him to earth he's proven himself finally yeah and uh and, you know, he gets smacked in the face literally and gets sent back and i thought he I, I was like did he die i'm not i'm not quite sure like if if he's gonna if he's dead here because he he he, he kind of says like oh like it's okay or it's over or something something like that and then 
lo and behold, the hammer starts like wiggling and it's and it gets sent up into the air like a jet and it comes crashing back to him and he catches it in the midair. And I honestly was kind of hoping that there's going to be like heavy metal rock playing when this happened. We're you're you're like, a couple movies early. You're, you're oh, looking really? for Ragnarok and uh, <laughs> not yet. I, I was waiting for like uh, like Metallica, like uh, like anything from Kiss, the God of Thunder, yeah. Or just, like just like uh, like for whom the bell tolls. Like I was just waiting for like burn, and then it's like he just is transforming in front of him. Like I was waiting for that, and then he like throws the hammer. Like because this just felt like the moment where it's like yeah i need some like punk rock right now to get fucking <laughs> hype um but uh yeah so he you know thor is back and he's you know full regalia his shining armor is his flowing red cape that's not getting caught on anything um and he just like smashes the destroyer into like a bajillion pieces yes and uh yeah i mean and and at that point what is uh i think jane says to him like do you always look like that he's like yeah yeah more or less (laughs) yeah and uh yeah (laughs) so yeah and so now we uh you know they're like okay let's (laughs) i got low i gotta talk to loki and uh you know we fucking kick it into gear and we get right back up to asgard who uh loki uh he well they're waiting for um uh idris idris elba to uh you know, pull them back, but he's frozen by Loki, and um, and so like you know, just he he wills, giant, him, yeah. he wills himself to be uh, pulled out of it, and he brings him home. Well, no, Idris Elba does break out. Yeah, he he. Oh, like, oh yes, I'm sorry. He like yeah, wills himself out of the um out of the ice that he's frozen into, which I would thought that when the when the frost giants came in that they were just going to shatter him. I was I was waiting for a shattering to happen, but I don't think I really got one. No. Um, but anyway, so they they get back, they get sent. He flies over to the kingdom, and uh, this is right when Loki betrays the Frost Giants, uh, like cu- like tying up loose ends, as I saw it. And yep, good way to put it. One thing that I that I want to mention real quick. So like Loki, like I said, freezes Idris Elba, uh, like by, by Frost or. I don't know how how you pronounce his name, but the gatekeeper, and oh uh, Heimdall. Oh, that's his name. Oh, convi- oh, but, okay, yeah. I, I I have the wiki pulled up. Yeah, so Heimdall. I just I okay. And so, he controls the Bifrost, which okay. is the Rainbow Bridge. Okay, which and, they made look so cool in this movie because you hear about it and you're like a Rainbow Bridge. That's gonna be super lame. But well, I do want to talk about the Rainbow Bridge a little bit. Like I'll sum up all my thoughts about it at the end. But yeah. Um, rainbow bridge i'm like oh what is this gonna be like uh mario kart no it's way cooler <laughs> way um cooler. so um when loki f- before he freezes him he says like i think um you know the gate like uh himdall asks so how did you get by me and he's like well there's there's many ways that you like there's there's more than one way out of asgard so i was like oh okay interesting and um and then uh and then he and then he freezes him. So I think that's in, like that. That's a really important note that I want to bring up at the end yep. of this. So, um, so anyway, he goes in. He he betrays tying up loose ends. And this is when Thor and Loki have like this big ultimate climactic fight, where Thor essentially first starts off with like I don't want to fight you, but then they end up fighting and fighting, yeah. and they get sent back to the Rainbow Bridge. 
And the and so I'll just say my thoughts about the bridge now. What I really like it is that it just seems like a condensed version of the um of the Stargate in two thousand one. You know, you know, like at the yeah. very end with like okay. the trippy visuals, like it and it's like it's like zooming by like all these geometric shapes and lights like it seems like the condensed version of that like if you were to be able to walk on that stargate like that's what it would look like and that's why i think i'm digging it and it's and i also like how the fight like briefly happens in asgard but then it's like they get shot like 50 miles down the down this bridge and like it's and this is it it's a very simple like you have this you have the universe behind you you have the stargates below you and you have this this rainbow bridge and i really do enjoy that visual and then here um i i don't exactly remember why but i just remember that thor starts smashing the bridge is it thor smashing the bridge because loki opened up the bifrost to basically rip apart oh, right, uh, right, right, Odenheim, right, right. the frost giant's homeworld yes and and Thor's even though like, can't condemn a whole race like that um so he's yeah smashing the bridge to stop the Bifrost and Loki's yelling at him and we've gotten the gag once now where where Thor just puts his hammer on top of Loki to keep him from yeah I did really like that but yeah he's smashing the bridge now because and Loki's yelling at him like you'll never be able to see Jane again if if you do this and so on and so forth but Thor's doing what needs to he's being the hero he's doing what needs to be done even if it's he has to make a sacrifice to do so yeah, and I just love like the whole the, the whole smashing of it, the visual of that, and then um and then it explodes, and they get sent up. They're about to go back, like kind of sent into the abyss. And Odin wakes up at like at, at this selfless act and saves. The, well, he catches Thor, and um, uh, Loki, or... Loki is hanging on to the staff. Yep, and I forget. The last words were, wasn't he like, I just wanted to make you proud or, or something like that? Something Odin. to that effect. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head either. And I now that we're talking about it, I should have made a note. Um, because at this moment in time, you know, we see Loki let go and fall into the abyss and we're led to believe he's dead. Well, and that's a thing. So throughout the whole movie, there's been illusions that he can have, uh, like he can project different uh versions of himself doing different things and uh and like they not that they're acting independently but he can have them appear to be like hanging off ledges uh you know being trapped in a corner you know things like that and at first i was like oh this is a projection you know he's trying to make them think that he's like falling into the abyss to nowhere but i don't know if there's any truth to that or not. I mean, I know Loki comes back with the meta knowledge, but well, um, did you watch the end credit scene? I, I did. Um, okay. Which makes me think that maybe there's something there, or like, I don't know. We'll find out in the next in the next few movies what happens with Loki. But uh, immediately, I was like, oh, this is a projection. Like he isn't actually like I was waiting for him to be like under the bridge or something like that. Um, but. Uh, maybe we'll, I don't know we'll see but uh and we kind of like our ending scene is essentially uh you know Thor is you know 
welcomed back into the party. You know, they're having that Game of Thrones, you know, feast where they're recounting the tale of their adventure. Uh, Thor walks away and is kind of like longingly looking out onto like the horizon. And, you know, Odin comes back. He's like, oh, you, you'll be a wise king. And he's like, well, there's a lot of so things I still have to learn. to learn. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and then Thor talks to the, the gatekeeper and says, oh, like, can you see her? And he's like, yes, she's looking for you or she's thinking of you and looking for you. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, despite like the romance being like kind of forced, I was just like, yeah. And I think like Natalie Portman is, is one of my um, celebrity crushes. Mm -hmm. She is tied with Anna Kendrick and uh, Emma Watson. But um, so I'm in great company in that. Um, <laughs> or I wish I'd be in great company, but, um, but, so I'm just like, yeah, man, like, and I'm rooting for it. Like, I know it seems forced, but their chemistry is just so. No, right. And, and uh, I totally agree with fresh. you there. It, it does seem forced, but I'm willing to look past it. Like, I'm not going to let that ruin what it, I think is a, a, a pretty darn good movie just because it's like, uh, oh, she's into him all of a sudden. Like, uh, it's fine. I'll, I'll move past that rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of like the end of the movie, but we get this really interesting closing credits like at least opening sequence when they're like shooting through the stargate and or not the stargate like the uh the, the universe i'm like this looks like it's straight out of uh like cosmos like with uh neil degrasse tyson yeah like, they're i'm like oh my god this is so cool and i'm sure those animators worked on something <clears throat> excuse me something space related because that was awesome i wish i could see this in like uh uh, like IMAX not like, on your like screen <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I, well at least like that stuff like I because even on my phone screen I was like wow this looks awesome I wish I could have something a little bit more immersive like the wraparound IMAX screen with this space stuff like it looks so cool so yeah I uh yeah and so that's like that's like I guess the end of thor's plot but do you want to is there anything you want to add before we get to the closing credits because i do have some questions about the closing credit or the the ending uh credit scene no i think ba no yeah we're good it, it was basically like your standard um in my opinion it was like your standard hero's quest story uh done really well as an origin tale uh you know i like i said I can't really poke holes in it. I, I don't have a big issue with that at all. There, you know, there's, it, it, it lines up. It makes sense. I'm, I'm cool with this movie. Yeah. And so let's get into the close, like the end credit sequence, because, you know, so uh, Eric is led down into like the, uh, into like the bowels of some like shield uh, place or like a uh, building or operation. He's like, Oh, like this place is a labyrinth. You know, I thought I was going to be led down here to be executed or killed and he like kind of nervously laughs and then nick fury does not laugh which at first i was like wait are they like here to dispatch of him or something like what the hell and um they they go down like asking about uh this like uh ultimate like this ultimate power source and nick fury opens this brief briefcase and asks him to, to study this and try and tap into the power and then we have this reflection and loki walks into the reflection reflection and says oh like that's something i can look into and then eric says oh that's something i'll look into and then we cut so i'm a little confused at what just transpired so is is i i took that that loki 
is somehow manipulating Eric, but I don't understand how that's happening. Um, you are correct in your thinking there. Yes, we were just presented with the Tesseract again. Um, so that is the Tesseract? That's just... the Tesseract, yes. Okay, so that's like um, the new form of the Tesseract for me. Uh, it, what what was in the briefcase, yes. Okay, because at first I was and, like, it looks like a, like a circuit board or a motherboard, and I was like, huh, what is this piece of technology? Well, yeah, the Tesseract was the just the blue cube right in the middle. Uh, so Fury has still had it, or S.H.I.E.L.D. has still had it ever since Captain Marvel basically gave it to him. It was like, you hold on to this. But you, I'm not going to tell you when or why, but you will get it. You're correct. Loki is controlling Eric Silva um, through like some sort of mind control, and you'll get an answer to that. Okay. Uh, I won't tell you when or you know any of that, but that'll be cleared up for you. Okay, yeah, I was expecting an answer, but I'm very like, okay, how is this going to uh, come into it? And and um, I'm trying to think of, like, why Eric? I'm trying to remember in the film, like, what he said. Because I remember he was saying, like, oh, the, the members of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, they're, like, this men in black. Like, I remember working with one of my colleagues and, and agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came up and asked for him, and then I never heard from him. So I and it I think he like... said it was Banner too. I think he said he oh he, really he spoke about Banner and it was you know, which as we talked about this movie a little bit more and knowing this end credit scene, I think chronologically we probably should have done Hulk before this. It's not that big of a deal, um, because it, it doesn't matter too much really in the grand scheme of things, but. I think I would put Hulk before this, to be perfectly honest with you. Huh. Well, next week, or like, yeah, next week we'll we'll see uh, if I agree with that uh, statement. But yeah, I, I definitely, like, this is intriguing. I feel like I don't really know, like, I'm intrigued to see what happens as opposed to, like, all the, the post-credit sequences up to this point outside of Captain Marvel. Uh, I've been like, okay, this is, like, the next movie is going to be setting up this person or this event or, or, or the next conflict for the next movie. Whereas this, I'm like, okay, I don't really know where this is going. Well, and I think that's part of why I'm saying we should have done Hulk before this. Okay. So we can revisit this sequence after, after the next movie. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in just like a, I'm intrigued. I want to, because now I'm also like, okay, I want to see how Loki factors into like the larger s- scheme of things, you know. You, and and you, you will. I, I don't want to. I like. <laughs> oh, I don't. I want to say, will. but I don't want to say. But yeah, you you're you're gonna get that. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that should be fun. And um. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into. So if there's an, unless there's let's get into our closing thoughts and final recommendations. So I'll go first this week. Um. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's. Honestly, it, it's making me reconsider that Thor might be one of my favorites uh, because I think Chris Hemsworth did a phenomenal job. I definitely like the mythos surrounding this character. Um, I don't know much about him outside of this movie. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll like obviously continue the progression as this journey goes on, but 
it's it's interesting whereas like you know people think like people were saying like oh you know he's an op character and they really had to like trim his op-ness down in like the the future movies but then they gave it all to uh captain marvel but like here i don't really see him as an op person like overpowered i see him as having lots of power but he's not like he's not like he's not infallible you know he makes mistakes he can be beaten he suffers through defeat you know whereas you know i'm always gonna go back to captain marvel's like how you shouldn't do like a superhero movie um like whereas captain marvel didn't have any trials and tribulations you know thor at least in this film did and i'm and knowing a basic plot point of endgame i'm very curious to see okay i have i have chapter one and I have the beginning of like the last chapter. I have nothing outside of the. <laughs> I have nothing outside of the beginning of the last chapter. So now I'm like, okay, what's the journey in between there? You know, like I have an image. That's pretty much all I have. And so I'm very curious to see how we're gonna get from here to that image, and then fill in the gaps in between. So yeah, really. And then for this movie, really did enjoy it. Really enjoyed the style, the direction, the Dutch angles are. I mean, especially for like a movie buff can be kind of distracting but that's a nitpick of all nitpicks um so yeah i would highly recommend this movie i'm gonna give it a um, i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten i don't really remember where that stacks up um for all the other ratings but i'm gonna I think say that's one of your higher ratings to be perfectly honest i think you. yeah no it's definitely one of the higher ones i think i gave and i'm gonna go back and next like the episodes from here on out i'll have my list down but um, I've, I'm pretty sure Iron Man, I gave an 8.5 or something like that. But uh, I think for right now, this is tied with Iron Man as uh, my favorite. When we get to Endgame and, we, and I have my whole ranking, I won't have like, oh, this is tied for first and this is tied for fifth and this is tied for the last. Like, that's not going to happen. I'll have <laughs> like definite like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to like 24. <laughs> so um. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed this movie. It's going to be an 8 out of 10 for Mike. Well, and I'll just jump right in right on that. Uh, we are exactly the same because I also ranked this as an 8 out of 10. It was definitely uh, highly recommend, really enjoyed it. And, and I really enjoyed getting to go, like I said earlier in the cast, I enjoyed getting to go back and do this over basically because Thor – wasn't one of my favorite characters um it, you know he wasn't one of the guys that I, I and I think that's because I didn't know that much about him I, I don't remember seeing this movie for the first time I don't he never stuck out to me and I guess it's because I never gave him a fair shake at it really so now knowing where he goes and knowing where he starts it's making me really appreciate the character that much more and appreciate his origin story that much more as well um I think like I said I've said it two or three times already this was a really well done origin story superhero movie. It kind of reminds me of the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man where it's just like, we're going to set this character up. We're going to tell you his struggles, his, you know, all this, why you're supposed to like him, why you're supposed to root for him. And this does that. It presents it in, in a way that is cohesive. Um, it makes sense. 
And, and it makes me, like you said, it makes me want more Thor. Like I know where he's going, but now I'm that much more excited to see the dark world because of this new appreciation I have for Thor, which is something that, you know, I haven't really developed with any other Marvel character that I've been watching their movies. I always loved Iron Man. I always liked Captain America. Thor I was indifferent about. Now I'm starting to be like, wow, I wish I gave, like I said, Thor more of a chance to begin with. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so definitely excited to see where this journey goes. So next episode we'll be talking about um, The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton for his one one and only appearance and maybe you'll be able to shed more uh background about why he never came back yeah i've uh, already got that cooking okay perfect because i don't know um and uh and then yeah maybe we can talk about the character of hulk a little bit more there as well um but yeah no i'm i'm glad that we're uh back on the back on the wagon doing these doing these guys but uh mike our stan cameo Oh yeah, shit! I almost forgot. Yeah, Jake. As we've been closing these episodes out with, uh, Jake, what was? Where is our Stanley cameo? It's always funny when I see the Stanley cameo. I'm just like, oh yeah, Jake. Jake's gonna like this one. You know, <laughs> even though I know you know them all, I always think of you whenever I see Stanley because it almost like, it almost like uh, it doesn't slap me in the face, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just always like, oh shit, there he is. <laughs> yeah. No, and I actually, I thought you were going to give this one away a little bit earlier today, and I, I think you caught yourself as you started talking about it. You're like, yeah, some, some dude even messed up his truck um, <laughs> when there was like the, as I call it, uh, like the Redneck Olympics, where they're all trying to pull the, uh, pull Mjolnir out of the, out of the stone, basically like King Arthur, sword in the stone. Stan was the dude who wrapped some chains around it and got in his truck and tried to, you know, hit the gas and go. And uh, the whole back end of his truck rips right off. And then he sticks his head. And we didn't know it was him until he sticks his head out the window and goes, did I get it? So yeah, did it work? Did it did work? It work? Yeah. And I think of all the Stan Lee cameos, this one was probably, if not my favorite, definitely top two. I'd have to, uh, I'm racking my brain right now, but I don't think anything tops this. Yeah, no, this was a good one. I definitely was like, oh, that was really quick, but really funny you know um yeah no it's and it's always the great seeing stanley in these um but uh but yeah so uh i get is there anything else that you want to talk about before i uh, wrap us up no i i think we nailed it um i'm i'm good all right perfect all right so with that guys that concludes this episode of amateur all tours as always you can find us on twitter at all tours pod email us with any questions comments or concerns at the amateur all tours podcast at gmail.com uh yeah thanks for listening guys it means a lot to for you guys to listen and uh as always we'll see you next time <laughs>